You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. It is week three of college football. Yeah, cats are 2-0. Um, honestly, I would be lying if I say I didn't expect them to be 2-0. Because I did, you know, nothing yep. against uh, South Dakota. That's the win that we had to have. Missouri, was I worried? I wasn't really worried. I felt like the Cats would win the game. Um, I didn't think they would win the way they did, but I would take it. There's always that little bit of anxiety every time game day gets closer. But game day is approaching for K-State in week three as they take on Tulane. And we're going to talk about it here on the here on the Friday walkthrough. Make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel at GoPowerCat and make sure you're subscribing to the website at GoPowerCat.com. We're sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. The first half is sponsored by Club Special. The second half will be sponsored by the Cape Cod Drink. So let's get into that Missouri game. We just mentioned it. That was interesting. I felt like there was, um, obviously the rain played a major factor, and we're going to talk about that, but just initial impressions of the game. You know, um, prior to the game, uh, I was down on the sideline kind of watching the guys warm up. You know, I'm familiar with the K-State guys, so you know what to expect. And the Missouri players came out of the locker room, and, and there's some good-looking kids there, man. You know, any D1, um, FBS, or FCS for that matter, most of the athletes are going to be physical specimens, and they had some good-looking kids. And there was a little bit of concern because they looked good warming up, but um, after the game got started, you know, in case they put that any doubt in my head away right away. So, <laughs> yeah, they had some athletes. They did. I they mean, did. I, I was a little surprised by it too. You know, I think you know I'm down there on the field before the game as well, and and you see usually you see the opposing teams like South Dakota. You're like, okay, our K State's guys <laughs> are a little bit more athletic than those guys. Yep. Um, and then you see Missouri, and you're like, okay, Man, yeah. there's some dudes. They were long. They were athletic. Yeah. But I really didn't feel like it translated to the field at all. And, you know, after that first drive where they drove down and kicked a field goal, I'm thinking, okay, this might be a good game. Yeah. But it was it was just a blowout after that. It was. You know, the first drive kind of surprised me. When I say Missouri ran a quarterback a lot, I'm not sure if it was design run or just because nothing was open downfield. But they put him out there, and our guys got some hits on him early. And, uh, you know, he was kind of cocky, arrogant, chirping a little bit, which to be expected is Missouri. But um, after they got to fourth down, they got that initial first down, and we stopped them again. They got a field goal. I felt good about it because, you know, you know they gave us their best shot, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of put out a lot of plays there that first drive, and we showed we can cover it and be ready for it and, and hold them to three points. So that put a lot of confidence in me at that point. Well, we talked about making the quarterback beat K-State. Yep. And that's exactly what they did. <laughs> they did not think Brady Cook was any good. Right. And he ended up throwing two interceptions. The backup came in and threw, an, threw another two interceptions. But K-State's game plan on defense was outstanding. The way that they stopped the passing attack, I thought, was 
brilliant. Luther Burden, the freshman that everybody yeah. talked about from Missouri, one catch, <laughs> one catch, three yards. Absolutely. It's funny, and I'm pretty sure he'll be a phenomenal player uh, as he gets older and more mature. Uh, but K-State came prepared. They shut him down. They made other guys try to beat him. The running back didn't have a whole lot of success. Um, four interceptions after, after the fact. And you're right. You know, we talked about making a quarterback beat us. I'm not sure if Klanderman listened to the podcast before, <laughs> but if he did, good job, Coach. Yeah. But anyway, but in all seriousness, K-State had a great game plan. They executed it, and there were several guys who made big plays throughout the game. I was really impressed with Josh Hayes, oh, man. the safety. Yeah. Um, transferred from North Dakota State. was at Virginia last year, comes right. to K-State. I mean, he was impressive. The way he came down and tackled, you have visions of Kobe Savage and Josh Hayes, number one and number two back Uh there. I mean, those two guys together can be dangerous. Josh Hayes looked excellent in his K-State debut. He did. And, you know, prior to him coming to K-State, he was primarily a corner Mm -hmm. back in North Dakota State and Virginia. And But that just goes to show that the knowledge and the the, um, expertise and, and the ability for the coaching staff to say, you know what? This guy was a corner, but our two corners we got are pretty good. But this guy has to be on the field. Let's move him inside down as a safety and play the, and play the ball deep and shallow. And he proved early he whiffed on one play, but after that he was all over the field making plays. And like you said, his energy couldn't help me, couldn't help but remind me of Stubblefield from yeah. years last year. We're in the same number and, as well. Yeah, man. And I'm just like, I was like, that guy's a player. He he's a guy, and and we talked to him on Tuesday um, at the player media availability. And he was like, I was a little nervous out there for the first play, but after I missed on that tackle, I was like, all right, we're back in playing ball. I thought he had a great game. Another guy I thought played really well, again, Kobe Savage, yeah. another one of those safeties. He gets an interception. I mean, again, I, I go back to it, but like that was the question mark that we were talking about before yeah. the season is what would the safeties look like? And we know you got your cornerbacks in Julius Brents and Echo Boydo, but what are the safeties going to do? And I feel like that question mark is kind of going away. Now, granted, they've only played two games, but – I mean, against an, uh, a Missouri team that right. has been pretty prolific through the air, I yeah. mean, they answered the bell. They did, and and they all are experienced to a certain extent. They all have played uh, at the D1 level several games, but not together like we talked about before. But And you're forgetting since Sir Mason as well. Yeah, another one. He got the first pick of the game, if I, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. and he's another safety that we knew what he was capable, capable of, but the fact that all three of them playing together, what was going to happen? They communicated well whenever Missouri shifted, and the first – drive they traded tight ends they motioned three or four times before they snapped the ball and k-state adjusted perfectly and was in great position so that right there shows that they can work together as a team the the communication in the back end is extremely important yeah and you could tell they were communicating absolutely they're they're on the same page right now this defense is really dang good and i i've I've watched quite a bit of the big 12 and i think i'm ready to say it through the non-conference slate k-state is a top three defensive team in the big 12 they're that good they're that athletic when you have guys on three levels that will come down and hit you, mm-hmm. I mean, goodness gracious, you got Felix, you got Daniel Green, yep. and we knew about Kobe Savage, and now you get Josh Hayes into that mix. Teams are not going to want to run uh, run the ball, or they're not going to want to throw a little slant routes across the middle because they know that the receiver might get decapitated. Absolutely. And, and quarterbacks, if you're smart, you know keep everything outside. But on the flip side, you don't have a whole lot of time because the D-line is putting pressure on you. And that's another thing. Our D-line is so good, that allows us to continue to rush three guys and keep the other guys back without having to bring pressure. But when we do bring pressure, it's quality pressure, and most times the quarterback don't see it coming, and it'll force them into an interception or into a sack or or a loss. But the, the defense as a whole unit is playing really good ball. You know, in most cases, you'll find a weak link here or there. But right now, I know it's two games, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, and, you know, 
South Dakota, South Dakota, and Missouri, Missouri. So you had a good balance. But as a whole unit, they're playing really good ball. They're fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they are fast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if we have to give give a grade for Saturday on the defense. I mean, I would I would give, give them close to an A. Yeah. I mean, they pass the test. And um, we'll, we'll talk about the ending of the game here before we finish the first half. But flipping over to the offensive side of the ball. Right. When the rain started, it completely threw a wrench in the game plan. It did. It so did. I don't even – I mean, we'll talk about that. That's fine. But I want to focus on that first drive. Right. K-State gets into third and long multiple times. Adrian Martinez finds a way to scramble. And then he or he throws to Malik Knowles for a first a big first down completion, finds a way to scramble out of the next third down, moves the drive. Long RPO pass to Phillip Brooks sets up a Deuce Vaughn touchdown. He threw 54 yards on the first drive. Mm-hmm. He threw – 53 yards all all of last week against South Dakota. Right. Are you worried at all about the passing attack? I'm not. You know, and a lot of times, and it's easy as a fan to get impatient because you want to see the deep balls because we do have guys that can go get it deep. And you want, and Martinez Knock has been, you know, he's turnover prone and he can't throw the deep balls when there's pressure and whatnot or in, in certain situations. But I'm not concerned. And, and, why force it if it's not needed? Exactly. You know? I, I'm with you. Exactly. And then when the time comes, I truly believe that Coach Kleinman and Coach Klein will put him in a position to make plays. And you got to remember, Deuce is going to be Deuce. Malik knows has played great. Brooks has played great, special teams and receiver. And as well as even um, uh, Kate Warner, he's playing well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people forget that. And you don't have to have speedsters all over the place to um, get guys open. You can scheme guys open. And I think K-State will. Keep working the RPO. Guy's going to have to respect um, Martinez's running ability. And when they come down or bring an extra guy in the box, you can go over the top. So when the time comes, I think they'll be ready. A play that I point to as exhibit A, why I'm not worried about Adrian, is that third down play yes. to Malik Knowles. Yes. I mean, this is a big play. If K-State has to punt, they're giving the ball back to Missouri. And people are kind of going, okay, well, what's going on? He stays in the pocket. Yep. They dropped eight. Yep. They dropped eight. He stays in the pocket. He goes through his reads on his third read. He finds Malik Knowles, who found a soft spot on the zone, delivers a bullet yep. for a first down. That is why I'm not worried about Adrian Martinez, because he has been there and done that before. Mm-hmm. And now that he, A, has time to throw the ball, mm-hmm. and B, understands, I got playmakers around me. I don't have to do it all. There's got to be a sense that if you're Adrian Martinez, we're going to figure this out. Oh, yeah. And he knows he has an offensive line that's going to protect him and give him time. And like you say, he went through his progressions, and when he did find Malik open, he threw a bullet in there, and it was only a ball that he was going to catch. And there was no sense of panic. And from my standpoint, there was no sense of panic ever out of Adrian, and that was so comforting as a fan to see him not want to pull the ball and run right away, but he sat there, went through his progressions, found the open guy, and made a big first down. And then, uh, you know, when the rain starts, the monsoon starts, (laughs) I mean, you just throw everything out the window. You got 22 back there. Give him the ball. Let him wear down the defense because Mm -hmm. eventually he's going to bust one loose, and he did in in the second half. And when you have a defense that was playing as dominant as Mm K-State, it's okay not to force the issue. You don't want to try and change the momentum. And so I thought K-State did a really good job of managing the game. Adrian Martinez did a good job using his legs as well. Um, So overall, offensively, yeah, there's things that you want to see, sure. I'm not sure we'll see it against Tulane. We'll talk about that more in the second half. But – I'm not mad at the offensive performance. Do I think there's more in the tank? Sure. But you know what they say? If you don't have to go 100 miles an hour, why why, why do it? Yeah, exactly. And, and the offense is patient. You know, they did, they did a really good job. And a lot of times, Deuce, his size 
and his speed, it can be deceiving because if he's not in the open, hitting the edge. But when he's at the middle, he gains four yards here, five yards there. You know, it'd be first down and ten, all of a sudden, second and four, second and five. Third, and it's like, okay, that's good yardage. And people don't realize it because he's so small and he's behind the big boys. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, that second and four goes to a 20-yard pass on the field or a screen pass or a big run. And the offense was so patient. And they controlled the clock. They dominated the line of scrimmage. Both sides of the ball dominated yeah. the line of scrimmage. And it was, to the average fan, it was kind of boring. They scored 40 points. Yeah, it was it kind was of boring. boring. Yeah. It was kind of boring. But when you score 40 points, that's a dominating effort. And then we go back and look at it, you know what? That was good football. Yeah. 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 It, it was a great game overall for K-State. I, I don't think, you know, again – if you're frustrated with the offense, I guess I understand. I think you're maybe just trying to get mad at something at this point. Right. But overall, solid performance. I want to talk about this before we end the first half. As a former player, right. you've been on the field mm-hmm. when you're a starter and you're kicking the crap out of a team. You get to come out. You get to cheer on those other guys. Mm-hmm. You've also been in the other role yeah. where you go onto the field as that young guy and, and get into the game and, and try and you know keep like the shutout like we saw against South Dakota. Well, right. K-State hadn't given up a touchdown the entire game. Right. It was 40-6. to six. The third and fourth team is in for K-State. Mm-hmm. Mizzou's driving. Well, actually, after a fumble, they had the ball on their own on the 20-yard line. And right. K-State holds them. Five seconds left. Eli Drinkwitz calls timeout. Yep. What are your thoughts? Okay, I will tell you, okay, from each standpoint, as a coach, <laughs> I would not, and I, and I think Coach Kleiman was in the same boat that I would feel. I, would be, I wouldn't be happy about it. You know, here's the thing. You're going to lose a game. I get it. You want to be competitive. But there are certain rules about football that you just, certain things you don't do. And I get it. You know the second and third team guys are in there. If you want to get quality reps for some younger guys, that's fine when there's more time on the clock. But when it's that point, you, you take a knee or you run the ball and you or you let the clock run out. You know, so I'm not in agreement with that call. As a player on the field, if I'm a second and third team guy and I'm out there, I'm doing everything possible to abstain, obtain that shutout per se outside of the three points. Yeah. I don't want to score a touchdown. And I know the older guys on the uh, that started are thinking the same thing and vice versa. You know, if it was me and, and, and Coach Kleiman has a better temper than I do, <laughs> temperament about himself, I would have called time on myself, put the starters back in, and said, okay, you want to play this game? This is what we're going to do. But he's Coach Kleiman for, for a reason. <laughs> there was probably a little bit of temptation for that. And yeah. if you saw the video after the game, yeah. Drinkwitz comes over and shakes his hand. Kleiman shook his hand. Yep. He didn't say anything else. Yep. Yep. You're not required to. He didn't say anything else. Yep. And you know what? I have a feeling that – there's going to be some extra spiciness that Absolutely. goes on in the recruiting trail because of the ending of that game. Yeah. Assuming Eli Drinkwood stays in Missouri. At this point, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. I don't think he's very long for that job. But either way, it was it was quite the interesting finish. And you know what? If you're K-State, you get out of there with a win in dominating fashion. Now you get to prepare for Tulane. Yeah. We'll talk about that game coming up in the second half. You're listening to the Friday Walkthrough. Make sure you're subscribing on everywhere you get your podcasts and make sure you're subscribing to the YouTube channel as well. We'll be right back with more after this short break. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back here to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. We're sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. This segment in particular is sponsored by the Cape Cod. Make sure you're getting in and trying the great products. Starting off the second half, we're going to talk a little bit about K-State and Tulane. Now, Tulane is 2-0. But, but they played UMass and Alcorn State. So we'll get into the we'll get into that. We'll talk a little bit about them. Then we'll get into the game. Um, but before we start, I gotta get your opinion on this. Maybe the biggest story of the week in K State country, if you want to, if we want to use that term, is the new uniforms. K State will be wearing uh, the white helmets with the flag Willie Pennant Willie, whatever. I don't even flag Willie. Sure. Throwback look. Right. Then they got the numbers on the side of the helmet. They'll be wearing the white pants. You never got to wear alternate uniforms when you played at K-State. Yeah, that was something that was not an option. Coach Snyder is who he is, and I love the man for what he's done with K-State. But as a, as a player, a, a former player, um, and, and a fan of cool uniforms, <laughs> if he would have ever offered us opportunity, I would have loved it. Um, but I'm happy for the guys now. You know, it's, it's a cool look. I'm excited for them. Um, I think it motivates the kids. It motivates the, the fans. It motivates the student section. And it's different. You know, some people think – um, there's a jinx behind it, and, and, and I, it is what it is. But I'm excited that the K-State uh, equipment team is putting together some cool looks. And I, honestly, I'm going to try to find a way to get one of those helmets. <laughs> I, I, I love I love the look. I yeah. really do. Yeah. I think the white helmets are perfect. <clears throat> um, you have the purple and the white. It's in the fight song. Right. Um, but it's also part of K-State, right? I mean, you, when you see a purple and you see white, you're like, oh, oh it's K-State. State. There's yeah. only a few schools that have purple. Um, so to have that unique look, I mean, it generated a lot of publicity on uh, on social media. So I think K-State's doing the right thing with this. I'll ask you this. If K-State is able to come out with a win against Tulane, mm-hmm. do you think about breaking out the All-Whites in Norman the next Saturday? I would not be opposed to that. Um, that'd be a great opportunity to break them out. 7 o'clock game, great environment. I'm assuming OU will be 3-0. I can't. You know, who knows? They have to play Nebraska still because that could be a trap game. Who knows? But that would be a great setup to have a matchup for the current Big 12. Who knows how long OU will be there, be with the Big 12. But it would be a great opportunity. Um, Primetime game. People can see K-State. Great recruiting tool because a lot of time – you know, these high school kids now, they want to go to a quality program, but they also ask what kind of uniforms they have, <laughs> what kind of swag do they have. So I will be all for it. Who knows, but I will be all for it. I just I think it's great we actually can talk about this. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. there's some intrigue. Uh, if you're going to do it, I'm glad they're doing it against Tulane. Nothing against Tulane, but that's maybe a time where you can you can, uh, you can can say, oh, the people that think that it's cursed, that you can't wear alternate <laughs> uniforms. If you beat Tulane, maybe put that to bed. So anyways, I thought it was cool that they're doing that. Uh, wanted to bring that up. So let's talk about Tulane. Some things about Tulane, there's some local ties here with this team. Okay. Willie Fritz uh, is the coach, his seventh season at Tulane. Before that, he spent some time at Sam Houston State. He was at Georgia Southern. He was also at the University of Central Missouri in Warrensburg, so some local ties. But Chris Clement brought it up at his press conference when he was the defensive coordinator at North Dakota State. Willie Fritz was the head coach at Sam Houston State. Oh. So lots of history between there these coaches. The offensive coordinator is in his first year, Jim Svoboda. He was the head coach at Central Missouri for the past oh. 11 years. Wow. So kind of a homecoming of sorts for the offensive coordinator and for the head coach. Right. 
But I want to ask you this. Tulane, obviously it's in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. They won two games last year. Mm -hmm. They took Oklahoma to the wire at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. There was some talk this week about, you know, they've had to go back and look at some of the film from last year because, again, as we mentioned, they played Alcorn State and UMass. It's Mm -hmm. kind of hard to take anything from those two games. Collectively, they beat them 94 to 10. Right. So, I mean, what are you going to take from that? But last season, Tulane couldn't play any home games because of Hurricane Ida. Right. I'm curious, do you think that they return 18 starters? Is there a sense of we can go on the road and it doesn't matter what kind of environment we go into if they've had to do that all last year? Absolutely. You know, and it doesn't help. Well, for them, it doesn't hurt, but for us, it doesn't help. If you look at last week's college landscape, how many smaller schools, quote-unquote, went into big schools and won? Georgia State beat Nebraska. Marshall beat Notre Dame. Um, Al- 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 Appalachian State beat AM. And I feel like there's a couple of more games that were considered up, um, upsets. So, yeah, I think they would. They're, they're probably Royal Warriors, although they didn't have a whole lot of wins last year. But they're used to traveling. They're used to being away from their home stadium, staying in the hotels, away from – from uh, different locations, but I think it gives them somewhat an advantage for preparation, not necessarily X's and O's, but just the whole process of coming from New Orleans to Manhattan. So it won't be a big change for them. Um, they've probably played, they've probably played in big venues, great uh, crowds and whatnot. And I'm not sure if it's supposed to rain again this weekend yeah. or not, but um, I think it does give them a little bit of advantage. It helps them out. I, I think where there's the disadvantages we talked about, UMass and Alcorn State. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a big difference between those schools. No offense to, to the Minutemen and I believe the Eagles. Alcorn they are State. the Eagles. Is that I right? So that's right. Steve McNair's yes. alma mater, yes, I believe. Is. Yeah. Leading passer for Alcorn State in week one or in week two last week uh, through for 34 yards. Mm. As much as we've talked about Adrian Martinez's struggles, I would bet a lot of money he would throw over 34 yards. Yeah. So there's going to be some differences in the competition that Tulane is going to have to turn it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not faulting them for scheduling this because Bill Snyder was famous for this. Schedule the teams that you know you can beat so you can get the confidence up and then go win and potentially have an upset. Right. But in today's landscape of college football, it sure seems like a tall task to go from playing Alcorn State to immediately playing a school like K-State. Yeah, it is. And it, I think K-State is in the um, advantage with this because you go from playing a quality athletic team like Missouri to going to play a team like Tulane and where Tulane is playing at Alcorn State where the guys probably didn't play the whole game on uh, the starters yeah. and, and get to and get used to that. So uh, K-State's in an advantage and then Tulane will be the speed of the game, the size of the players they see, the scheme's going to be different. And so, yeah, they're going to have to adjust. And the question is, can they adjust before they get too far down? Well, and schematically, Tulane doesn't do anything you know, ridiculously outlandish. They run a four-man front. They run the spread offense. K-State's seen it a million times, Uh right? uh Uh, Michael Pratt, the quarterback for Tulane, he's one of those guys who he's going to throw the ball a lot. Mm -hmm. I think their leading rusher has 86 yards on the season, so they're going to try and air it out, which I think is a good test for the secondary. Yeah, it is. And, like, when I was playing a 3-3-5, that plays right into our hands. So if you want to pass the ball, great. we got the guys (laughs) to cover it. Mm -hmm. You know, make them run the ball. You know, kind of like what we did with Missouri. We're going to take the ball out of your stud's hands and put it in your quarterback hand. Make them beat us. Same thing. You know, you want to throw the ball, we're going to put it take the ball away from you pass-wise, make you run the ball. See if you can beat us running the ball. we got three star linebackers, two star linebackers, and three D linemen that can play the ball as well. So, you know, how will they adjust to what we throw at them and vice versa? I think we'll come out on top, but it'd be interesting to see how Tulane approaches the game. And there's always that question of a trap game. You yeah. know, every week – you know, anytime you go play from a Missouri team and then you see this, oh, you play Tulane, then you got to go to Oklahoma, mm-hmm. there's going to be question marks, 
you know, I think somebody asked Kleiman about it on Tuesday. Are you worried about your team looking forward to Oklahoma? And he said, no, like we're not good enough to do that, you know? And I mean, that's that's the answer every coach is going to have, obviously. But I, I, I don't worry about that with this group simply because of the leadership and the culture they've built, not only with the coaches, but with the players as well. They, they're locked in right now. And yeah. I, I think, you know, quite honestly, there's not going to be that trap game since, you know, I, if I'm wrong, I'll be shocked, yeah. but I, I just don't see that happening. Just being around the program and you know, you see some things up close and personal that some people won't, you just get that sense of confidence, that sense of responsibility, that sense of maturity and leadership. And it's not just one or two guys. It's several guys that are taking leadership roles and not necessarily vocal, but their actions on the field and off the field. You know, you got guys that are doing great in the classroom, guys that are doing good things in the community, and they're a quality group of kids, you know, collectively. And and even the backups, you see the guys supporting the starters, you know, on the sidelines. Sometimes you get a star player and some of the other guys are jealous or, or don't want to be a good teammate. I feel like this team as a whole, they have each other's back, and that's going to play a huge role as the season goes on. This team is the type of the type of team that is willing to do anything for each other. Yep. The, that's the kind of culture that Chris Kleiman is building, and I, I, it's really cool to see because you know we, like you mentioned, we do get a chance to kind of be up close and personal, and these guys care about each other. When mm-hmm. you got your starting center wearing. Adrian Martinez's merchandise, his NIL merchandise in a press conference, like that doesn't happen at other places. No, no, I mean, there's a special bond that these guys have, and I think it's really cool. And I think that helps them in this game because they know we get to play together. Yeah. You know, that's where college football is different than the NFL. In the NFL, you get to play 17 games with each other. In college, you get to play 12. That's all that's guaranteed. That's, it, yeah. that's a, f- a full month, month and a half work, you know, worth of preparation that you you don't get. Um, in college as opposed to the NFL. So these guys understand that, and I, I don't think there's going to be a letdown because I think they know. They're still trying to earn something. Mm-hmm. They're not ranked. Yeah, they I think are. they should be, quite honestly, yeah. but they're not. No. And so they are working because they know that, hey, there's people that still doubt us. It is, and I'm kind of, you know, part of me is happy. Cause it never fails, I feel like, with K-State. They, they rank us, and all of a sudden we'll play another ranked team, we lose, and then we're out of the top 25 for the rest of the year. So I'm okay with them not ranking us yet. And it is what it is. You know, a lot of people going into the preseason, um, I think had us, what, sixth, I want to say yeah. maybe, if that sounds correct. And that's fine. We know what we had. And, and I think a lot of people knew what we had as well, but they didn't want to give us credit too soon just because we're K-State. And that's okay. And I think we embrace – that underdog role, and that's kind of what we're about. But I truly and honestly believe with the guys and the pieces we have right now, they're going to stay focused, and they're about to do something special this year. And I'm excited about it. Starts with taking care of business on Saturday, yes. and, and I'm with you. I, I think this team can be really good. Um, we'll talk more about the Oklahoma game next week. But specifically on this game, what is, if, in your opinion, what does K-State need to do for you to walk away feeling satisfied? We have to dominate. Both sides of the ball, special teams, which we have the first two games. Mm-hmm. But we have to dominate um, in, in more than one way. Punt return game was great. I want to see a kickoff return. You know, obviously the defense is dominating. They're not kicking off a whole lot. So <laughs> it's some, not a lot you can do about that. But that will come as well. But I just want to see different pieces making plays, tight ends, running backs, fullbacks if they're in. I want to see the offense come collectively together and just have a drive leaving the defense the other team's defense shaking her head and the crowd like, oh, my gosh. You know, in our defensive side of the ball, I want them to continue to get better and then see other guys get uh, playing time a little bit earlier, not because 
They have to, but because it's good to, and because, like I said, it's a long season, and injuries are going to happen. And if you have quality backups in, that's one of those things. And I think Tulane game is the perfect game to get that going because when you get into the Big 12 schedule, you know, so many guys are going to get so much time playing because you can't have a letdown and you're going to need more out of your studs. So, but I want to see K-State dominate every aspect of the game, special teams, offense, and defense, no mental mistakes. You know, minimize the mental mistakes and play smart, fast football. Do you think that there's going to be more of an emphasis on throwing the ball this week? Assuming the weather's fine, do you think that Colin Klein, Adrian Martinez, and Chris Kleiman are sitting up there going, all right, we need to show that we can do this? Or do you feel like that their game plan is we're just going to hand 22 the ball, and if we have to throw it, we will, but there's no point in, in, in fi- trying to fix it if it's not broken? I think there will be a little more throwing just because it's good to get – that practice in a game situation, uh, deep balls. But on the flip side, they won't give as much as they probably could because you don't want to put a whole lot on film. Mm-hmm. You know, Oklahoma is a great team. Brent Venables is a phenomenal defensive coordinator, now head coach. I'm not sure how much of a role he'll have on that. I'm pretty sure he will. Mm-hmm. But in me knowing Brent like I do, he prepares like no other. And so you want to give him a lot to prepare for, but not too much to prepare for. So it's kind of a how much do you give? How much do you practice for? You know, but I think they will pass a little bit more because you kind of have to. Yeah, you kind of got to get those live reps. Yeah. I feel like yeah. you know, it's it's one thing if you're not worried about the passing offense, which you know I think you and I are both in agreement we're not. But yeah. you want to be able to get that timing because with a new quarterback, there is some of that, right? I mean, you want to be able to have Adrian Martinez know, okay, we got a corner who's playing seven yards off. It's third and two. Let's just throw a little hitch route. Yep. As opposed to you know, sure. Obviously, Deuce Vaughn can get the first down, but let's try this. You know, let's make sure that we can do this. You know, let's cross our T's and dot our I's with the passing game. I think Adrian Martinez is going to throw for over 100 yards. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know if he'll throw for 200 because I don't think he'll be in the game the whole time. I think K-State will run away with this. We'll get to our predictions, obviously, here in uh, in a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, this this is a game where I feel like in the first half, treat it as a trial run, Mm -hmm. right? Just because you get up doesn't mean you got to take your foot off the gas. Like, go for it and and, and open it up. I mean, if they they don't, we'll know pretty quickly. If they get up early and decide to hand the ball off the deuce, we'll know that that's going to be their game plan. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's because they don't trust Adrian. I think it's just because, again, like you mentioned, they don't want to put too much out there for Oklahoma, and they feel that confident in Adrian. I don't think it's they don't feel confident if they don't throw the ball. I think it's they feel extremely confident that they know they can hold it back because when it comes time – he'll be able to execute. Yeah, and Adrian knows what's in front of him. He's a senior. He knows this is it. His goal is to make it to the next level, which I'm happy for the guy. I hope he does. But he understands, you know, he has to continue to develop as a quarterback in a new system. And if you look at Adrian, since he got on campus, in every interview he's done, the kid shows confidence. But even more so now, when I watch interviews now after the first two games, there's a more of a relaxed mm-hmm. confidence because mm-hmm. I think he truly understands where he's at now, and he knows what he has around him. And I think the kid's confidence is going to shoot through the roof, and and he's gonna he's ready to put on a show. You know, I think the first two games he managed the game as needed because that's all he needed to do. But I believe after this game against Tulane moving forward, he's about to say, you know what, I'm ready to roll. Get on my back. I'm gonna carry you. Let's ride. I'm I'm hoping for the best with yeah. Adrian because he is a great kid. Um, I think he's got all the tools. Yeah. I mean, we know this. His running ability, yeah. man, it's looked really good. So I think they will hopefully try and open it up a little bit more. But again, if they don't, they don't. And we'll have to go from there. Last segment, last part here. We got to get into our pick segment. K State's only a 14 point favorite. It's fascinating. Yeah. It feels like Vegas is maybe they know something we don't. I don't I'm not going to give Vegas credit. Right. But 
14-point favorites. What do you have as the score? Does K-State cover? Oh, yeah, we cover. Um, I say 52-17. That that's 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 a good one. Yeah, fifty-two again. So are you? Uh, let's just put it on record here. Adrian Martinez, big game. Adrian has a big game. He doesn't play the whole game, but he has a big game. Big game. All right, I'm gonna go forty-two to fourteen. Okay. Um, I think it's kind of the similar type of game. I do think they'll air it out a little bit more, but again, I think K State is just majorly locked in right now. Mm-hmm. Depending on how they look, I might be ready to change my prediction and pick K State to beat Oklahoma. That might be a, when we film this next week. Maybe it'll be an on-the-spot moment, but nonetheless, I expect big things out of K-State this weekend. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody. That's Monty Spiller. We're sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. Make sure you're hitting subscribe on that YouTube channel. Drop a like. Make sure you go subscribe to gopowercat.com. We will talk to you next Friday. Next Friday.